0: Howie Mandel does stuff. I'm Howie Mandel. This is my daughter,
1: Jacqueline Schultz. Hey, what's up? How and, are you? And
0: coming in saying hello to Lou right now is, the, I believe, the king of comedy. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Jay yeah. Leno. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> Jay. Go. First of all, thank you so much for oh, being yeah. here. Thanks, thanks. It looks like we're shooting porn in here. Yeah. Well, it, it's fan eyes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And Wasn't
1: this a, a porn studio? What? I don't.
0: I don't think it was, but oh. uh, I think we were uh, porn adjacent.
2: Porn adjacent. Yeah. Well, yes
0: so that would be it. Yes, that, that's it. You know what that, you know, actually, I'm going to point out chairs before you start. <laughs> so
2: uh, that booth
0: right there in the corner
2: mm-hmm. is the
0: original center booth from Caesar's Palace. How many times did you play in front of that?
2: Well, probably, yeah, a lot, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that, that's where it is? Yeah,
0: from- yeah, and this is the first time I've, we've changed the chairs here, yeah. but I do have the front row seats from the Tonight Show. Oh, from Burbank right? in in the other room. Well, it's more than I got, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have cool. Johnny's last uh, cue cards. Oh, okay. I took from underneath the seats. So, Jay, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't need an introduction. though no, I already did. <coughs> sure. Um, but uh, first of all, I got to tell you, and I, I think I've told you personally wh- what you mean to me. You mean
2: so much more to me than just... Well, you, we've been friends a long time.
0: 40 some odd years. I
2: know, I know. I remember what you You're got the off of. Got off the plane. Then we gave you a ride to the ice house. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's
0: the guy that picked me up. I met him
2: originally yeah. at Yuck Yucks in Toronto. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was it, then it was small. It was just Yucks. It wasn't till later. <laughs> yeah, you they were there. Expanded because... and became, of course, Yuck Yucks. Yuck. But it was originally just Yucks when it opened, and then hey, we made some money. Let's put some more seats in. And, and I know got they got hope the to be Yuck Yuck, got yuck got Yucks. Yuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you've always been a fascination to me, more right. than just mm. a friend. And let me let me tell you why. Because when I first came here was uh, Mm. in the midst or the beginning of uh, the comedy store's uh, strike. I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, um, the comedy store was owned by a a young lady at the time, Mitzi Shore. Right, Who got it
2: in a divorce from her husband, Sammy Shore. And it used to be Ciro's Nightclub. Right. If you ever look at movies from the 50s. They'll pull up in front of Ciro's, and that was sort of the New York-style nightclub. Supper club? club? It was like a supper club, and and you'd see, like, uh, orchestras there.
0: And I think that's even where Lucy did her uh, rehearsals, right? I I saw that in the Well, I know,
2: like, Tony Bennett and all those kind of people played it. It was a legit room so she was like the copa it was like the copa, like the copa yeah. west yeah and then she got the room in a divorce <laughs> right and
0: in the divorce sammy said sammy had built this club so that him and his friends he was the opening act for elvis presley right right and he built it so that his friends could come and do comedy
2: right Right. and then
0: in the divorce he said his friends should not show up right right and then she ended up recruiting like young people who just wanted stage time for right, free right, right?
2: That's, yeah
0: and 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 then um uh, the improv opened up out here mm-hmm. and what w- uh, so what happened like the people said that they wanted because the place was packed around the corner people decided that they needed to get paid because she was making so much
2: money was it well what it was was you know it's one of those things where they opened oh, let me shut off my phone look how busy jay is <laughs> jay Who's calling? Take it, take it, it. Philip. Oh, Philip, I'm just shooting. I'm, I'm filming a podcast. I'll call you. Call you back in a few minutes. Bye, bye. Call you back a little bit. Ready? It was Philip. You were reading his phone.
1: I was reading his watch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <His watch. laughs> Philip. This is my daughter. She, I know, I know. I'll she's, on, uh, I'm a detective. I
2: put that on. Philip you know, called I'll you. <laughs> um, you know, it was interesting. She had the comedy store where we all worked. Uh, Mitzi had a habit of sort of. Well, I think she did it to be helpful, but she would. It got to the point where she would tell people how to do their act. Oh yeah, I know. Like Jack Grayman was a very funny comedian, Mm -hmm. and I remember she uh, said, "You're going to be Jackie Bananas from now on." Do you remember this? No, I don't. Well, and he'd wear a yellow jacket, and she wanted to perform that way. And she she told Jack Grayman to be Jackie Bananas. Yeah, Jackie Bananas. Is that a true story? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, she and she didn't like people who were quote fully formed. Like, when Seinfeld came in, he was a comedian. He'd been working in the New York New clubs, New York, yeah. And he didn't really work, though, because Mitzi wanted people she could mold and that type he of He didn't thing. get spots. He didn't get a lot of spots. No, he didn't get a lot of spots. And anyway, so there was the Comedy Store, and then the Comedy Store San Diego, then the Comedy Store West in Westwood, and then the main room opened up. And it got to the point where people were buying tickets for... Oh, this is you know almost 50 years ago 25 dollars right 50 dollars, or whatever it was a ticket and she was making a couple hundred grand a week really and the, and the comic said hey can we get cab fare or something and mitzi was so insulted because she looked at the club as a college, a place where you learn to be a comedian. Well, so
0: many people at that time, you
2: know, Freddie Prince
0: got seen there by The Tonight Show and ended up getting his sitcom, right? Right, right, and right. And Jimmy Walker. Well,
2: actually, Freddie got seen on the... Uh on The Tonight Show. He was out with Carson. Right, but didn't he get The
0: Tonight Show from being seen? Because I used to see Johnny always say, we saw this young kid at the
2: uh, right, at the or, comedy store. Right, I'm not sure it was comedy it was store, or, or whether it was New York. It might have been New York. But that, that's, again, those show business stories kind of thing. But the deal was, Mitzi was very insulted by the fact that people wanted cab fare, or at least to get to the club, you know? Right. And I don't think she did it for selfish reasons. I think she just was hurt by this, you know? I mean, this is the standard thing is what usually happens in any, in life. You know, you grew up to go into the father's business and then you become, you want to be as good as the father or you're better than the, you know, and then the, 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 the an, an infighting starts. So I, I don't, I like Mitzi. I didn't think Mitzi was bad or just the idea was like Mitzi, you know, we, we come across town, we're coming in, the club is sold out. You've got names of people on the board can't throw 25 bucks a comic just to do a set? No, nobody should get anything done. So this turned into a huge fight, and the comics went on strike, and it got pretty ugly, you know, people taking sides. And Mitzi had a lot of comics that were dependent on her. They lived in her house for free or the apartment that she had for free, and they only worked the club. And to this day a lot of them still only work the club. Well, that was a thing that I noticed
0: about you. When I came, there was there were teams, you know, there were the improv, the right. people that worked the improv, right. and there were people that worked the comedy store and right. they didn't work both. You're probably the only person that I know personally that was allowed to. You'd pull up in your motorcycle, you'd do your set, you'd get on your bike, go do the improv. There was
2: no Yeah, so- I mean, I went to the work and then I went home. I wasn't hanging out. I wasn't... But the fact that she would book you and Bud would book you, yeah. you didn't have... They were just thrilled to have you on Well, st- I was lucky to be able to have a foot in both camps. And I tried not to play one against the other. But... And, of course, once Bud found out that Mitzi wasn't paying, well, then he decided to pay everybody. Right. You know, it'd be magnanimous, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, all right, so now you have one club paying and one not. So... Why work the club that's not paying? So then it got ugly. I mean, I didn't go back for 30 years. Oh, you didn't, you were out of the comedy store for 30? Well, I left because the comedy store just got crazy with the cocaine and the drugs. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember I was in the back one day and and Sam came in, Kennison, and he had a gun and people doing coke on the table. And I said, you know, I'm a comedian. I I don't want to get, when this place gets busted, I don't want to get dragged downtown. And you'd already been in that kind of world, right? Weren't you working like the... Uh, well, yeah, the, mob clubs. Yeah, mob... But, what, but I always... I, I just didn't want to be rounded up. As, I mean, to me, it, it it ruined the comedy store. It became a place for, you know, just sleazy women and creepy guys. And
1: Did you work both clubs? <clears throat>
2: uh, not really. I, they didn't like me at the at the improv. Mitzi kind of embraced me. uh well, you work the ice house too. I work the
0: ice house, but the, the
2: teams seem to be the improv and the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I just stopped going to the comedy store because it I didn't did. want to be there the day. I, I sooner or later, when people are openly doing cocaine, cops are going to show up, and I'm not a cocaine guy. I don't drink. I'm... I'm yeah. I just want to be a comedian. You don't even eat vegetables. I don't even eat vegetables. That's correct. <laughs> it is true. You 1962 was my last vegetable. That is
0: true. He doesn't <laughs> eat he ve- he have yeah. been eating like burgers and I'm pizza. Not, I haven't
2: had a vegetable. And, and yeah, no, that, I don't.
0: Is that true? Is that an exaggeration?
2: No, that's that, 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 actually that is true. That
0: is true. <laughs> really? And so is that, have you written a diet book? <laughs> uh, well, I should write a you diet should, book. You should.
1: Five
2: you're... food groups, burgers, hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, pasta. <laughs> Can there I you tell
1: you we know. eat the same foods as my five-year-old?
2: <laughs> well, there you go. You're
1: exactly the same as my five-year-old. There you go. Yeah. Well,
2: there you go. And he's how gonna
0: grow rise. up to be a strong, healthy child. Yeah. <laughs> but here's what I always thought, and I wanted and this is why I wanted you on the podcast. I like not, how we get off on a tangent, <laughs> well, Tangents thing. are my yeah, are my ahead. life. Yeah, but yeah. but you've always fascinated me, and this is what I find fascinating about you. So you were, I did look up to you. I looked up to you because I thought, how does this guy, how is this guy, you, you'd show up on stage and kill and you were an amazing monologist even before, you know, I, I think the world knew you, you know, every comic in the room would uh, sing your praises, you know that. And uh, when, and you were playing all the clubs. And even when uh, Letterman started doing his show, you were the highlight of his show coming on. Well, you'd come on like monthly, right? Oh, yeah.
2: That was, that was you know, this, that's probably one of the favorite times of my career.
0: And you it, talk about the TV guide and the... Yeah,
2: because, you know, Letterman and I... Letterman was a great wordsmith. He had the ability to just put unusual... Fav- you know, he would say beverage instead of a drink, you know. He he used, he just, just a, kind of like the way Norm MacDonald did, you know. And, but he didn't have a lot of stage presence. I mean, he would hang his head down, look at the ground, kind of mumble as he talked. Right. But what he said was funny, so he got good laughs, you know. And I remember I walked up to him once, I said, Man, I love how you, you know, string phrases together, you great wordsmith, blah, blah. And he goes, Wow. How can you be so cuz I I was like you. I I didn't have any stage fright. I just go on and be loud and make noise. you know. And he said how can you do that way, you know? So th- that's or our opposite styles. And it were like when I would go on the on Letterman show, I knew Letterman got nervous before I went on. So I would always go around the corner and get like a enormous meatball sandwich, you know. And I would stand by the makeup and when Dave came down the hall, I as soon as he came around, the like corner, going, on, oh, Dave, try this, try this. He goes, how, how, how can you eat that crap before you get, you're going on in five minutes. Oh, Dave, this meatball, don't stop, stop, just get rid of that thing, you know. And it would just drive him nuts, you know. And then I would just bring the sandwich on with me, you know, and then force it in his face. And, you know, and he obviously went along with it. And it was, it was great fun. It was fun because it was the first time in my life I could be, a, I could be funny on the way to being funny. You know, when you did the Tonight Show, you did your joke, and then your punchline got the But last. I also thought that your friendship also was... It, well, was, yeah, the was, friendship it, play part, too. Part but it was also the first show where I didn't defer to the age of... You know, I grew up in New England. You grew up in Canada. We didn't call our parents by their first names. You know what right. I mean? So when I would do Johnny, you would say, Jay, call me Johnny. And i well, thank you, Mr. Carson. You know, I, I, I it's just, you know, he was an icon. He was mm-hmm. 20-something years older. I, I, I couldn't tease him the way I could. I could go on Letterman and go, hey, Dave, nice tie, Letterman. Where'd you get that? You know, right. you couldn't do that to John. It was like a, the was, first
0: time you're working with a peer.
2: That's right, that's right. Yeah, good way to put it, yeah. So that's why- See, I'm that, a wordsmith. That's like, <laughs> Wordsmith, that's right. That's why that was one of my favorite times in my career. So I used to watch that, and I love that. And then
0: you, and, and deservedly so, I believe that you, you got The Tonight Show, deservedly. This is what fascinates about uh, me about you because I always felt like listen, uh, and I'm, I'm using the word, but I do. I love you because you uh, have been a good friend. You've always been supportive. You're you're a good person. I feel that you
2: don't defend yourself. I well, you shouldn't always, have to defend yourself. You know, my thing is, <laughs> but you don't. Don't believe in yourself. Make other people believe in you. No, 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 really no, no, the, that's no, no. But really but, the key. but
0: that noise is louder than it should be. And the first one that really bothered me is we are in this business, right? And we're in this business. You, and and this is what I loved about the, the whole time you were doing the Tonight Show. I never saw anybody, and and still to this day. I don't know anybody that enjoys their work more than you and has more of a passion for stand-up comedy, right. for showing up to work, for doing the work, for staying up till three o'clock in the morning to write a monologue, to have your friends over, to have the, th- you, you are the king of following a passion and just staying and, and being open about what that is.
2: All right, I'll buy that. Okay, so,
0: so here's <laughs> the thing. So if somebody says, we're gonna give you the Tonight Show, because you deserve it. Right. I didn't understand the late night wars. I didn't understand. Well, yeah. Here, let me finish my sentence. I did not understand Letterman saying that as a friend, You did something wrong. You did nothing wrong. I would never got a part in a movie where I said, uh, Lou is sitting here and going, oh, thank you for the lead. Thank you for giving me sin Elsewhere. I'm really good friends with Lou. Lou wants to act. He wants to do a series. (laughs) Give it to Lou. Like, why would you do that? I get Letterman being upset with NBC, maybe because he has a contract with NBC and he maybe felt like he, because he's already there.
2: there were two problems with that. A, Dave had a hugely successful show at 1230. I had been guest hosting tonight show for five years, right? Uh, there was an incident that happened way back in the, when Letterman was guest hosting Carson and getting huge ratings and all that. Um, one of the NBC suits said, uh, Oh, Dave, my kids coming in from college with his girlfriend, Get him a couple of tickets for the show tonight. And Dave said, no suits and no relatives of suits. I don't want anybody, any plans in the audience. And the executive said, I'm the whatever it is here at NBC. I want my son. No. And I remember the guy telling me that story 20 years later saying, I wasn't going to put up with 20 years of that, you know? And, but it had more to do with the fact Dave, if Dave had gotten the Tonight Show, they would have had to come up with another show for 1230. Right. So they had a hugely (laughs) successful show at 1230. I was filling in for Johnny at eleven thirty, and the ratings were holding and doing well and that's the main reason they decided to stay i mean i always hear from people how dave had the show and i came in one day and demanded it and took it away well no he can't demand it it doesn't but work that's my already. point my point is
0: you didn't take a show you deservedly got a show i understand him feeling disappointed yeah. I understand that. You just told us a story that we we had never heard before. But I also know, just as a human being, you know, you cross somebody who's in a position to right. kind of spread and tell that story and obviously heard it. There are other reasons. I think the main reason is the Tonight Show and the show following it, late night television, right. is a huge fucking moneymaker for right, right. these people. And you don't want to pull a franchise that's already successful. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. These are the, po- but the point was that you were getting kicked publicly oh, yeah, for yeah. Uh, k- kind of uh, negating a friendship, which I thought it, and everybody I could talk to and everybody, but
2: I never heard you. No,
1: the animosity didn't go both ways, right? You never.
2: No, you know what it is. When you're playing football, who do you tackle? The guy with the ball, and that's the way it works. Because look, you know how show business is. Uh, somebody goes on the train and bombs. Oh man, so sorry to hear about that. Oh man, good luck. Well, I really like Larry. He's a great guy, you know. Larry goes on kills. Oh, he did okay, I guess. You know what I mean? I mean, this—it's just the nature. of... It didn't uh, bother you the way people were talking. Oh, it bothered. It, it bothers course. me. Well, of course it bothered me. But what are you going to do? You can't do anything about it. You know, but a, you had of a platform, yeah, I mean, you, I would hear Stern and all the, first of all, nobody wants somebody see somebody whine and complain people in show, people who watch show business. Oh, there's a happy guy. You don't never explain, never complain. Just go, you know, it's like now with the whole, I get asked about cancel culture and all that. I go, if they don't laugh at the joke, they don't think it's funny. They're, I don't care whether it's right or wrong. If they don't laugh at it anymore, you know, I, I can remember years ago people did black jokes on the Tonight Show and every place else. You know, at a different time, or or race racist, or or anti-Semitic, or any. But that's other. not
0: like cancel
2: cancel culture is where they'll tell you
0: now that they won't hire you again because they deemed a joke
2: inappropriate. Well, that's, that you did ten years ago on Twitter. Well, that's corporate America now. That's not. I don't think this. Every corporation, I said, we here at the Acme Foundation do not in any way tolerate sexism or racism under any guise. And then they applaud themselves, and then and then somebody says something. Aha! Well, until unless that person is big enough or famous enough, uh, then of course they get a pass. Right. But that's a different kind of defense. I just feel like you deserve. You're an. But here's a question. Okay. That worked for me by not whining, by not complaining you get a whole silent majority of people that go, Hey, I like the fact that you just put your nose to the grindstone and did the work and didn't, I could not have. How done do you it.
1: no? How do you not get that, Dad? You are very much like that. You no. are. Like, you say you're not, but you are the most yeah. easygoing he, person that will not. Yeah. No,
0: but he uh, and he and I'm pointing at, at Jay. Jay. It's a great thing about radio. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but the vitriol that people were attacking you with, and people that we both know oh, yeah. that constantly attack. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a room and told stories about, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about this now for for a second conan and you right okay jay has the number one show on television and like he said like in in letterman's days that block of jay leno followed by conan o'brien is probably the most lucrative
2: two hours of television in existence and when that started don omeyer after 13 weeks wanted to get rid of conan and i said no i think he's funny and i said tell you what don i will promote conan every night i'll at the end of my show, I'll say, "Stay tuned for Conan." He's got, uh, you know, so Elton John, whatever. Yeah, because he had a rough start. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that worked fine, and that worked great. So, listen to this.
1: And so, he knew too. No, I so, remember so I
2: know the story.
0: I know the inside. I meant NBC. Okay, so he's kicking ass. This is the most lucrative, you know, two hours of television there is, and ultimately, television is just a a, a factory, right? Right. Okay. Not only is it lucrative, this guy. And I'm pointing again at Jay Leno has masterminded. I mean, I I always found this fascinating when you did the tonight show, not only, uh, you know, is he, is it doing well, it's not doing well by accident. You watch the ratings, you know how to book it, you know, where the ratings go down. He was the one person that would support me when I had nothing. And I was doing hidden Howie's, you know, I was doing these hidden camera pieces and he put me on, but I would hand in, uh, hidden camera things he would look at it and he goes i can't i can't sometimes this will not play well this I, will I would not say to him
2: howie can we lose the caca doodoo bit yeah <laughs> and, you know i mean that was really what it was because i loved how anything, but i could just see from our audience and i would see from fred de cordova who was kind of snobby that that was not johnny's it was still johnny's sensibility right that point you know right so i would say and how he did he would say okay i'll take out the doo-doo caca thing and then it and then it would kill
0: it no but fun. here's a, but the point of, that i'm making is you weren't on a show that was number one you were on a show that you m- manipulated to be number one you worked that show you right, weren't just right. on that show that was the jay leno show right right so and nbc and people who watch should be aware of that that is not by accident he also supported the show that went after him and the network by promoting and creating that slot after him to be number one. When that came, when Conan's contract came up to fruition, um, everybody, because that's where they want to make money, CBS, Fox, ABC is, you know, waiting to maybe poach him. Right. They go to, uh, to uh, Conan's people, Gavin Pallone. They go to Gavin and they say, we wanna re-up the contract. He goes, well, the only way you can re-up it is we need The Tonight Show. He goes, well, Jay's doing The Tonight Show and yeah. it's number one. He goes, I don't care, we need The Tonight Show. They go, well, Jay's got another five years on his contract. Right, Am I, right. if I'm yeah. incorrect. Jay's got another five years on his contract. They go, I don't care. Then we don't know what's happening in five years right they risk versus reward they say well we're not going to lose this hour to fox or abc okay we'll say in five years and then if something happens maybe in their minds we'll renegotiate we'll say you get the tonight show in five years they sign that gavin says i want it announced now right Right? Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm correct. Yeah. I know I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. So they call you. One of my friends called you, and said, "You have to announce your retirement. You
2: didn't announce a retire. You don't want to retire. Look at how right. busy Wait. you are now." Here's here's my thing. At the time, I know. If you don't do that, you die of a thousand paper cuts. Why? Because, little stories will drop about you being uh, disruptive or not doing that, you know? So I said, you know, it, to me, it's like when I would date women, if they don't want to go out with me, I'm not going to beg you. If you don't want to see me anymore, fine, fine. And that's why I said to NBC, I said, you want me out of here in five years? Really? Okay, fine. So, okay. Now, but let's be clear. You don't want to retire. No, I don't want to retire. But I said, but I know if you look, when you make the kind of money you make in TV to the average person, you have no problems at all. And your problems pale in comparison to theirs. So don't even bring them up. So I said, okay, so I go to the five years. See the real uh, thing that threw this was Craig Ferguson. Cause I was number one. Conan was number one. All right. The deal was made. Lionel, you're leaving in five years. All right. So I said, okay. Well, well okay. slow down,
0: okay. slow down. The, I want to make it really clear. Mm-hmm. You did not retire legitimately. You did not say. You did not announce a legitimate retirement where you said, "I've had enough in five years." Well, I think I said.
2: I think I said. Yeah, they wanted
0: me to say. I was saying, "All right, that's fine. Okay, if that's what they want, that's what they want." Not what you wanted is my point. No, right. Which I, I would have a hard time telling the world, "This is what I've decided to do." You're you're
2: right about why, but you're amazing to me that. But here's what happens is then. The whole machine. Remember, I had no agent. I had no manager. No, never had. Okay. Uh, so then I know your lawyer. Then the whole PR thing starts with the attacks. Ratings start to drop for Leno. You know, the, whatever, whatever they can come up with, they do. So, you so figure, I would have done. I would have hired an agent or a manager or a a a, a publicist. You know, if I have to convince you to love me, I'm not going to do that you know you like what i'm doing you know i never once asked for a raise they just gave them to me i said okay that's
0: no great. i know that the difference you between know? like letterman used to he took uh you know worldwide pants which was the production company and he used to produce you know all these other shows that he owned he owned uh, raymond yeah and he right, owned all these right, other right. he made a He probably made more from that sure, than sure. he made from yeah, the yeah. from the late night show i came to you a couple times i said i got an idea i want to produce something under big dog produ- is a big dog Productions? yeah. yeah, yeah. I, which you're produ- goes, i just do the tonight show and i do my stand-up come i you can't know how much i respected you for just you
2: are who you are and you do what you do well i mean that's what it is see the thing the story was Craig Ferguson came along yeah. and then suddenly he was beating Conan. And the network went, Whoa, what's this all about? You know, because his ratings were so good. He won a Peabody Award, he won some Emmys. And then it was like, Did we make a mistake? I said, Guys, I'm here. And then they came to me and they said, uh Look, the thing with Conan is a done deal, you know, next year, whenever.
0: Well, let me, let me, because I know my friend, I want to take you through like how you thought of this. Okay. So not only the. You wh-
1: just cut him off to take him through how he thought of that?
0: Yeah. Okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead I'll you go, let you finish. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. You, t- you talk. And then. Um... Well, no, no.
1: Welcome uh, to my life. My whole childhood. He cut you me go. off to tell me what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh. uh I, I don't know where I was going now. Oh. Was well good I'm you, a good interviewer aren't you, right? good,
0: good, good. no, but here's so so you announced this retirement against your will. He's going down. I just want to say I just want people to know everything and I want to get this mm. out. And this is st- stuff that's been laying on my chest. apparently it's uh, not on yours <laughs> the, um they realized really quickly that if you announced your retirement that ABC CBS and fox You're there for the poaching. Right. Right. So right away, they say to you, as soon as they realize that, they go, Jay, you can, don't go to another network. We're going to make your show, the same show, in prime time.
2: Right. Which I knew wouldn't work. So the deal I made was, if you pay my staff for two years, regardless of what happens, I'll do it. Because I think they were keeping me. In case conan didn't work out i think they were keeping you because they didn't want you to go well, some other place a little, probably a little bit of both yeah
0: then management gavin palone calls the network and says all right so we have the tonight show at 11 30 you just gave jay the 10 p.m show i think you're fucking us because i'll just tell you as my myself if i have something to promote or i want to go on something i'm going to go on prime time first you know there is this war of booking right right, right. where do you go first you go to jay first right, right? you go to the well, if you go to jay then you can't go to you know if you go to fallon you can't go to right to so so then he goes you're fucking us so now they call you And you've said, I'm keeping my staff, which is, you were always amazing to your staff and anybody who's worked for you has the same thing to say. You know, you were there for them. You always supported them. And then they say to you, Jay, we said you can do your show at 10 o'clock. No, no, you can't do the same show. You can't have guests.
2: We'll build your racetrack, right? Yeah, well, we could have some guests, but they they wanted the monologue at the end of the show to lead into the new, yeah, it just didn't work. Right. It's but just, anything just to keep you there. Right, right, right. Okay, so talk about uh, Craig Ferguson. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> as I said, Craig Ferguson came along, and he was meeting Conan. And it was like, I think that went, are like, whoa, what, what's this? And they realized maybe this isn't the best idea. And that's where the 10 o'clock show came from. Right. I probably would not have jumped to another network. I'm pretty loyal um, You're the most loyal. That's why you're sitting here today with me. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I sleep well at night. I don't have, you know, I would read all these stories how um, I came back and demanded $150 million. Plus I wanted the show back and the network had to give it to me. Based on what? How, how, so how,
0: so how, I'm gonna take. How, I'm, gonna take how, I'm gonna take. How did that, I lose it in the first it place? It, I, yeah. This is so cathartic for me. I hope it's doing something for you. All right. Great. Okay. So then,
1: <laughs> have you been sitting on all these emotions for? Oh, like years? you have no
0: idea how many times <laughs> I've gotten in fights, yeah. and I've talked to people that we both know and go, "What the fuck are you talking about? That's not the way it
2: happened." I know, but nobody and nobody why
0: knows. the fuck doesn't Jay defend himself?
2: You know why? Because nobody cares.
0: Except for him, <laughs> he cares. No, what
2: I mean is, what well, happened at the end of the day? Pull the numbers, okay? Here we are, ten years after it's all over. Okay, the Tonight Show was number one the the whole tenure, except for the first eighteen months when Letterman had it, uh, and that's the only number that counts. No, you and, mean when Conan? No, no, when 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 Letterman went to CBS, he was beating me on the first, Tonight Show yes. first eighteen months. And then we got it back and, and never lost it. And and we won in every demographic group and all that kind of stuff. And my attitude was let them and we'll get the cool kids and the critics, and I'll take the popular vote. And that's pretty much out worked out well for everyone, and you engineered that. That's not by accident. No, you that's engi- not by accident.
0: You engineered that because you know. could have the cool kids. I talked to you backstage. Well, the thing you was, have a s- different sensibility we, in real life than we, you do on. We ne-
2: did win. We we did win all the demographic. You know, I would always hear from Letterman. Well, Letterman wins the eighteen to. No, we didn't. We won that too. We won. We won that. We we always did pretty well.
0: So let me, let me just follow the story, because this, okay, this is my therapy session okay. for you on behalf of you. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, so then uh, the, what happens, happens. You're doing your 10 o'clock show in prime time. Uh, Conan moves into The Tonight Show. And for all intents and purposes, The Tonight Show is not doing great. Right. And somehow this is my fault, you know. So you get a call. And they ask you, before they ask Conan, because you're still on the network, mm-hmm. would you be willing to go back and do a half-hour show at 11.35? Right. Right? right. Am I correct? Yeah, with just the monologue and all that stuff. Just the monologue and maybe one guest. Or, but I or, said, or, run it past Conan. Before he said yes, he said, run it past Conan. Now, Conan has not been doing well on The Tonight Show. The truth of the matter is they call Gavin and they say, we'll do the show at 11.35. We want Leno to do it at 11.35 and you go on at 12.05 and you still have the Tonight Show. You can do exactly what you're doing, but now we're giving you the opening act that has worked for the last 20 years, 15 years, whatever whatever it was, it's that hissy fit that I didn't understand. And then the narrative, this is what bothers me about you, Jay, you didn't change the narrative. The narrative was he retired and now he's taking my job. He was still offered the Tonight Show. They wanted to reprogram it back. You said you go first, you were forced to, I don't know what you did wrong. I don't know what could be interpreted as you doing wrong, but there was this all this hoopla and maybe I live in a bubble where that's not the way people thought. You didn't deserve
2: that negative. Hoop. Well, my it favorite, sounds
1: like it's only because one person was vocal. So therefore, yeah. Well, my
2: favorite thing was when they came to me, I said, you know, we've been number one for 14 years and I'm, I'm not going to say which executive said we want what's above number one. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> I, said, I'm not, I don't know what oh, you I don't me. know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just thought that was so funny and they, and they realized how stupid that sounded. They said what what they were looking for was, I don't know, more pizzazz. What, you know, when you do a show like The Tonight Show at 1130, you can't be outrageous no. every night. No. It's like Sam Kenneth's an outrageous, hilarious comedy. But if you do it every night, you can't be outrageous every night. So you have to bring it down a step, and you've got to become now, okay, people lying in bed or watching late at night, it's got to be a bit more relaxed. It's got to have a different pacing to it, you right. know? Uh, and the idea was, do you want to be the cool guy and lose The Tonight Show after a few months? Or do you want to keep it going? Well, the idea, it's a business. You've been hired to do a job. So you have to act and perform a certain way to do that job. But that didn't bother you? No. That didn't bother you? The hoopla of you, the, 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 the,
0: the, the thought or what people were talking about, about you taking something away from Conan?
2: Well, I mean... I would hear it all the time on stern and all right. that and and uh You know I argued with him about uh, that. You actually called me once after. Oh, I okay. argued with him about that.
1: I always that. heard it on stern too every time but I
2: yeah. when I was on Yeah, but and- I mean, you know the I stole Jay walking from Howard. No, it, I mean if anybody stole it we all stole it from Steve Allen who did it. Man on the street. Man on the street stuff, you know. So uh, what do you do? It, it, Cuz the Lowry, you yell They're going to
0: yell even louder. But you said you didn't want to say that you were retiring, that you were being forced to retire because of the thousand paper cuts at this point, when they're saying you move back on and you're taking it away from Conan, is that a thousand? Is that a thousand paper? What can they say? I didn't take it back. Why wouldn't you say they called? I, you know, I I told them to
2: call you. I don't, they're offering me this. I would be called a liar and told, be told that wasn't true. You know, if you like, if you, if they say it, it's a one-day story. If you then react, you now have a three- or four-day story. How many times have you seen this? Someone's accused of something, and they go, no, no comment. Well, how about... Uh, no comment. It's not a one-day story.
0: All these two stories of you and Letterman and you and Conan became books, became TV oh, yeah, shows, became mini That's not a one-day story. <laughs> no, what I mean is,
2: it, it, it would just... To the general public, it's just... It's like rich guys throwing silver dollars in the ocean to see who has the most money. It's like you know, just nobody cares. I was involved in it and I didn't care. Guys, talk yourselves out. Howard, have a good time. Trash me all you want. Fine. You know, I used to love it when he would go on Letterman. I'm going to trash Leno tonight. And then I, I checked the ratings the next day and we would beat Howard, you know? (laughs) And I was, oh, okay. That was good. I mean, I don't, I don't hate Howard. It's what he does. And that's fine. But, you know, I didn't steal John Melendez from Howard. I know. John, John Melendez was doing, uh, I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity get get, get head me, head me out of head. here. Okay. So he did that whole show When he left that show. He came to us and, and somebody suggested he might be fun to have him. And I said, well, let's see if there's any problem here. Okay. He was making 35,000 a year doing Howard Stern. I paid him half a million a year. Who wouldn't take that raise? Who wouldn't take that job? Plus, he had had another whole TV series in between. So he wasn't even on Howard. But, you know, I would hear this thing about, oh, Leno came in and took him, and then all the, you know, and the minions would call you and berate you. How
0: does Mavis, Mavis is your wife, how does Mavis, does Mavis sound like, does she say you have to say something? How she take all this? No, which, you know, I
2: never brought my
0: problems home ever. You don't have to bring them home. You turn on a TV and a radio, your problems are right Ah, there. No,
2: we're not listening to the radio. I just, it never came up. You know, my dad went to the office and came home. I never knew what my, I mean, I knew what my dad did, but I never heard about it. And you know, the best way to stay married is don't bring your problems home. When the door shuts, say, honey, what's up? We talk about whatever you do, whatever. You're not one of those, <laughs> and then this guy said this, <laughs> and then they told me, shut
0: up, shut You're up. You're not working at Sears, buddy. Huh? You don't work at Sears. That's right. The point <laughs> is, every I can't believe that Mavis doesn't know what went on. Well, I mean, yeah, she knows. And she, she loves you. So that she not, like my wife would.
1: Mom would. Yeah. Right? Like if you didn't say anything, you would better believe that mom would say something. Yeah. Yeah, but you
0: wouldn't want your wife out there saying No, thing. she wouldn't. But I'm <laughs> saying that she she wasn't on your back to say,
2: you gotta say something, Jay. No. No. No, because look, to say something to who? You've got you've got an audience that's this wide, and you've got this little ten percent uh, minority yelling and screaming that reaches a specific audience. And, I, and I, would, I would read things that were so absurdly not true. It's like QAnon stuff, you know. Wait, that's not true? Yeah, exactly. That was my <laughs> Can I say something
3: here? I sure. just want to say that because that, I'm a little more distanced from all of this than the two of you. Mm-hmm. You have always been underrated, in my opinion. Nobody really uh, appreciates how good you are.
0: At what
2: you do well that's I right but isn't that what you want isn't that better than being over and, it? and i don't did? know
0: i just think that we all have uh, maybe i have more of one than you uh, an ego
2: and uh i, I don't want... have an ego i'm a huge believer in low self-esteem <laughs> no no low self-esteem is a key to success i'm dyslexic when i was a kid this is a cure for dyslexia smarten up hey smarten up smarten up just get slapped in the face you know And my mother always said you're going to have to work twice as hard as the other kids to get the same thing. Okay. And that's what I did. And when you have low self-esteem, you walk in a room and you don't immediately assume you're the smartest person in the room. When I did the tonight show, I said, let me find the best producer best director I can and let them do their job. And when they come up to me and say, Hey Jay, that thing you just did, it sucked. Yeah. It really sucked. Thank you. Nobody had to pussyfoot around. Tell Jay, look fine but we have to do that you know and that's why the show worked because we could call it exactly as we see it so the idea that you have some ego okay my my dear is if you're any good somebody will save you
1: so my question is yeah. you were saying you didn't want to convince people to love you it wasn't your job to want you there but obviously there was millions and millions and millions of people i'm not talking about the right. executives going through this that you didn't have to convince that wanted right. you there because you were number one so you wouldn't fight to stay there for those people that were watching you that I was, to I was fighting
2: i was fighting in my own way by do- the number of letters that i got saying thank you so much for not getting down in the mud with the other people blah 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 we, we turn you on every night and it's-, it's funny and it's lighthearted and you have a good time and Oh, we know you're going through this and we appreciate it. And yeah, I I would say those more than outweighed my little petty, oh, somebody said, oh, my ego, I'm so fragile, you know?
0: But, you know, it's not even your ego. First of all, I I commend you. First and foremost, listen, I think you're a brilliant comic. I think you're a really smart person, but you're just dyslexia aside that has nothing to do with your intelligence. You're a good person and a nice person. And I, and I think that those are few and far between and you're loyal to your friends and you're loyal to your staff and you're uh, loyal to your wife. Yeah, And, and it you're... pays off though, but
2: it, and it, and it pays hey, off. Hey, listen, you got a
0: lot of stuff and it did pay off. You had a number one show. You got a, I think you have I, I four cars now. Yeah, four.
2: You know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't change anything. And every mistake I made in my life, I'd learned from, you know, there's a story I always tell about, uh, why I believe the Cosby women. Because when I was 19, I was a comedian. I was going to clubs in Boston, you know. I went to this one club. And I said, I'm a comedian, a comedian. Yeah. The guy said to me, How long have you been a comedian? I said, Well, uh, I'm about a year. A year. He said, you got to be in the union within six months or it's a violation. You know that, don't you? I go, No, I didn't. This was the AGVA union, the stage, you know. I said, No, 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 no. you got to be here. I can't, I, can't, I can't even talk to you unless you're in the union. This guy's getting this whole big thing, you know. So he says, Hey, go down and see this guy. So I can, obviously see the guy in the AGVA office in downtown Boston. Just like, just an empty office with a chair and a guy in it, you know. And I go in there, how you doing? And I, and he says, are you the guy? That I just talked to so-and-so. Yeah, okay. How long have you been a comedian? And I said, well, almost a year. Well, almost a year, that's a violation. I, I could find you. And he goes on and on about you know, the union, you know. I said, well, I'd be glad to join. How much is it? He goes, $300 a year. I said, well, I don't have $300. And he goes well, how much you got? I said, I, I got 75 and he takes my $75. Right? And he writes on the back of his business cards, union man, and signs it. And he goes, give this to the guy when you go back to the club. Now I knew I was being taken, <laughs> but much, much like the girls in the Cosby situation when he invites him up to the room, you think, is this real? Is this, is this going to be? So I gave the guy the card and the guy took the card. He laughed in my face, said, no, kid, we don't need you. not looking for comedians. I knew I had been taken for $75. But in a sense, I believe that maybe this was true. So when I would see something like those women with Cosby, people go, how could they be so stupid to go up to his room? I go, he's the biggest star on television. He's America's dad. Why would you not? If he saw you and thought you were good and told you so, why would you not believe him, you know? Right. And so to me, so that's one of those mistakes that just taught me empathy. It taught me to understand sometimes people do things against their better judgment because they just want to believe so hard and so much that oh, maybe this, maybe this is the way the grown ups conduct business. Maybe this is the way show business works. You know, you got to be in this union thing. Wow. Well, I mean, I knew I had been taken, but I wouldn't change that experience or anything because, I I mean, I remember talking to friends of mine, all these Cosby women, they knew what they were doing. They knew that they didn't because I didn't know. You know, I was naive. You know, it's just a matter of being naive. Howie Uh, introduced me to the president of show business once. (laughs)
0: Who was that? (laughs) I just told him it was the president of show business. (laughs) Did he really? I did. (laughs) One time we were at the comedy store and I said, I I can't remember who it was, but it was a friend. I just said, you gotta meet, we gotta make commission. This guy is, no, vice president. This guy is the vice president of show business. And you were so- I ran over there. (laughs) He ran over there and he goes, my name's Lou. I'm gonna be on at eight. And then the guy said, will will you watch me? I remember you coming back to me and going, Howie, you can't believe the vice president of show business is gonna watch me tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I I mean. <laughs> I mean
2: that's the perfect that's that's the
0: perfect case. You
3: Can know? I just tell this story about, about you and, and 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 this also illustrates how great you are. My wife, the very first comedian she ever saw was you, and you went on in Atlanta, and she you did an hour and a half. Right. The next comedian she went to see was Stephen Wright. Uh, she gets to the Stephen Wright concert, and she's waiting in line to go to the bathroom, and then uh, she uh, gets something to, to drink, and she walks into the theater. And she sits down, and Stephen Wright says, Thank you, good night. He only did like 30 minutes, uh, She thought everybody did an hour and uh, a half. That's funny. She,
2: You kind of, what, Jake, what car did you drive here today? I drove an Alfa Romeo Julia. It's not mine, it belongs to Alfa Romeo. They don't borrow for a few months.
1: Uh, well, Wait, I, you just you get bo- to borrow cars? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm a, like a car influencer. I do the car show and all that kind of stuff. Do you like this car? It's you nice. have to say, 540 yes. horse V6. Yeah, it's powerful fast car i like alphas yeah,
0: yeah the beauty of working at nbc and seeing him he was you know when uh, i used to do the tonight show with johnny carson it was always just a corvette there was always just a yeah corvette. Uh, he, had a, he had a corvette, had yeah. a corvette. I, I don't think jay drove the same car twice in a year i
1: remember when you were, weren't you doing your show next to his yeah. show and yeah. every time i would come visit you it was so much fun to see what car was parked oh, how many different. cars <laughs> do you
2: have i got 201 on the road and 168 motorcycles Two hundred and one on the road. What does that mean? They're registered, all working. Oh, you
0: know, stickers two, and all. Two hundred and one, and how many
2: yeah, motorcycles? One hundred and sixty-eight. Yeah. What is the uh, the most valuable car? Oh, that'd be the F one McLaren. Which is worth maybe twenty mil. Oh my gosh. What year is that? <laughs> it's nineteen ninety four. Oh, it's used. Imagine if you had yeah. a newer one. Why is it worth Why is it worth twenty million? Oh, they only built sixty four, and they. You know, I paid eight hundred thousand for it, and people thought it was crazy. And then they just went nuts. I mean, one sold last May for twenty. Do you trade your cars? Million. Do you ever no, sell? No, you don't trade your car. What kind of talk is that? Well, to sell, <laughs> like you don't want to make profit. No, I never sold. I never sold any. I don't sell cars. I keep them all.
3: Is McLaren, the one where the it opens up.
2: The seats are in the middle, yeah. and, and it
3: open, the doors open above the. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the,
2: okay. yeah. So, so, so the... these are real car enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> wow,
0: and, and and does it, it freak? It, the, the, it's amazing because you talk about this, these humble beginnings in Boston and now you have like over 200 cars. And th- do you walk into that garage
2: and go, I love my garage. But you know, the funny thing is I meet all, all my life. I've met people. Hey, you know, Leonard, you're being screwed on that deal that da out. And they tell me how I'm being screwed. And I go, wait a minute. You're living at the Oakwood apartments. Okay. I have a house in Beverly Hills. I'm not being screwed. I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I never, I never take my money my main source of income i use that to get other money you know that you, you get gigs because you're on america's got talent you said you well, you never used your tonight show no i money. never touched a dime on my tonight show money you only used your stand-up money i just live on stand-up money because I, I like being hungry if i don't work a week i really do think i'm broke i go oh man I, geez what did i make this i didn't make anything this week all right just give me the single patty Instead of a double <laughs> and a small Coke, no fries. You, do you still
1: love stand up? <clears throat> Will you keep doing it? As I love stand up yeah. because I see him it, at it, flappers.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, I love stand up because you don't need anybody. You just you go there. I remember I used to have a bit where I had sunglasses. And I take out the sunglasses, do the bit, and one day I forgot the sunglasses. So I said, I'm not doing that bit anymore. I don't have to carry sunglasses. I like the idea of just being, I can do a show. I can do a show at the drop of a hat. I, 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 I can go. Like this but week, now you don't even have the hat. This week I go to Florida. And I just, I bring one suit, get off the plane.
0: And six masks.
2: Tell joke, get check, and I'm, and I'm out of there. Yeah.
0: Wow. Is there a car that you want that you haven't been able to get?
2: No, not really. I, I'm always happy with whatever I have. Uh, like I said, be happy with what you have. Just make sure you have enough.
0: <laughs> but is there, you know, a car enthusiast, there's like a dream. Was there something that doesn't exist anymore
2: and you well, wish yeah. or you're searching for something? No, I've, yeah. I've got a few of those. I've, i yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've always been contented with what I have. See, that's the trick. I've never shot for happiness. I only shoot for contentment. Cause when you're contented, then you realize, Oh, I guess I'm happy. If you're happy every day, it's like drinking champagne every day. Now you're an alcoholic and you just cause, if you're just contented every day. So you're drunk with contentment. <laughs> I'm drunk with contentment. And then I realize within that contentment, I find happiness. I look back and I go, oh, you know, some I really am happy. And I got no bills, you know, been married 41 years, have a great time. Yeah, I'm fine. Do You You, uh,
3: me you uh, love the electric car the last time I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I love my the Tesla. The Plaid, yeah, 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 the Plaid.
2: Do you like,
0: uh, do you still ride motorcycles a lot? Yeah. Are yeah. you not worried? You, you've had a couple of accidents in the past.
2: Yeah, you know, when you fall down, over 70. Jeez, it hurts. Oh, my God. Have you fallen down recently? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah? I went down about a year and a half ago and, Jesus, that hurt. What, what Jeez, did you do? Ow, ow, ow. You know? What happened? You know, you're driving a 100-year-old motorcycle with no brakes. What do you think happens? You know? Uh, yeah, it gets a little tricky. It gets a little dicey. A 100-year-old motorcycle with no brakes?
0: Well,
1: you're exaggerating. minimal
0: brakes, but yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> You in LA drive? traffic yeah
3: So
0: he does he does um the, the motorcycles you're a little nutty with the the last time I saw you on one of your motorcycles is you have a motorcycle that has a jet
2: a oh, jet engine, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah <laughs> no, an actual that's at jet-
2: a, a Bell Ranger helicopter, yeah, yeah.
0: But you were at a you, t- you told me a story, you were at a um, you offered me a ride, and I said no, but uh, <laughs> you were at a oh, and I
2: melted the guy's bumper, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. yeah. Was, that's, he said a stoplight, the guy behind me. He saw <laughs> now, if you ever stood behind a jet, you know how much heat it's 1400 <laughs> degrees. A lot of us haven't, so stood I'm, behind jets. I'm sitting there, I like see this guy, he's inching forward, what, what. And now he's just right up close to me. And I, I, this motorcycle has a rear camera. I look at the camera and I see his front bumper going, you know, <laughs> melting, just, just melting from, just, just, you know, just deforming from the heat, you know. <laughs> And I said, Oh geez, I gotta pull
0: away from this guy pretty quick, you know. So I've never had the opportunity to go to your garage. I want I have like, always asked you I have a friend you here. you wanna that...
2: be on the car show? I'll put you on the car show. I would love to be. I don't yeah. I don't know that much about cars. You would have to fool me. But do you have a dream car? Like is there a car you'd wanna drive? Like i'll tell, old, I'll tell old old
0: you i'll
1: tell you something i feel like alex I, alex I rented a, alex. A, i
2: went the rolls uh to, to
0: drive i'll tell you i have a friend here who i see him sitting there uh richard rosenberg who uh you know is much more of a car efficient he said if there's any time you can get me to jay's garage i think i once called you and said can we come and you yeah, said you yeah come on and right right come. You but but the only i i don't get motion sickness i don't i go on roller coasters yeah, i yeah. go on every i've never the one time i bought a ferrari one year right. and and a ferrari um, yeah
2: which one uh, I,
0: I don't even know. He's I just uh, uh, the Rick, red one, three eleven.
1: Richard's yelling it. What is it? He's doing this. Three forty eight. Three forty eight. This is this. Three forty eight. That's <laughs> a three forty eight. <laughs> Richard, Richard's <laughs> sitting back He's
0: there. Three eleven. I don't yeah. know. That's a anyway. I didn't know. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's a good car. Can I can I have a ride? So I, can I drive it? And I said, yeah. So he took me through the canyons. The only time I've ever gotten car sick in my life was Richard driving me in my car. But do you know not,
1: he's not allowed to have a standard, stick sh- standard, yeah, standard, yeah. standard anymore
0: why? um because I, you could tell how I've interrupted you throughout this uh you I, can't drive a stick I can I do know how to but then I'd lose interest
1: so <laughs> what
0: happens is the one time uh a couple times I would uh, be more than
1: once wife. this I, is why you're not allowed. I would
0: drive <laughs> home with my wife right and then we just we got home and <laughs> I'd get out of the car and it was in no particular gear and or no gear right. and then uh, yeah. as i entered and opened the door to the house we would hear a crash and the car be rolling wow. back okay. out of the driveway across yeah. the cul-de-sac into with the my neighbors. mom with there. my mom so she no, said your
1: wife with my mom in there right. not my mom
0: my mom was never in there <laughs> i did that's how much attention i pay i don't yeah. even know yeah. who yeah. i'm driving. <laughs> <from. That's laughs> on second thought about coming to the garage yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: i saw somebody on their way to your show i think it was ashton kutcher on the freeway my friend was saying he saw him in the new Uh, electric crab walk. He took delivery of that in my garage. It's like the crab walk um, uh, Hummer. Hummer. But doesn't it have that?
2: You could turn the wheels. Yeah, it'll crab walk. It'll walk sideways or go up. Like If you're on on rough terrain, it'll help you step Did you
1: see the new car that changes colors? I just saw them introduce that. Oh, that's the the BMW BMW at the
2: CES? Yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's a gimmick that's been around for a while. (laughs) Mustang had that a few years ago. In a different light, it looks like to be a different color. Yeah.
0: But. Do you get calls constantly for people wanting to buy things that you have? No,
2: I don't sell anything, so nobody calls me for that.
0: No. Do you work? Do you? Sp- how much time do you spend working? I'm actually- there
2: all the time. I work on stuff You know, when you work with your hands, you appreciate how easy it is to make money talking. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it does. It Are does. you a mechanic? Uh, well, not really, but I like to dabble. You but worked for Rolls Royce before you were a stand-up, I, right? And Mercedes-Benz and a bunch of others. But when you, um, I just did new car prep and stuff, you
0: know, and I, turn I,
2: back uh, odometers. I heard uh, odometer recalibrations. We call it. <laughs> well, I call it turning back. Right, right. Well, whatever. Fucking <laughs> people. Right. But the, I always believe the hardest, healthiest when the head and the hands work together. If that makes any sense. That's so why you work I with, used to master. You work with your hands during the day <laughs> and then at night. You, you you talk and you go, boy, that was, this is so much easier than
0: I've heard some funny stories about you in the, out in the Valley. I heard a story where um, you gave a ride to somebody, somebody wanted to take a ride. It was like a, a biker guy. I don't know if this is true. A biker guy said, how fast can this car go? And it turned out that the biker was actually a car.
2: No, no, that was uh, no, that was at a cars and coffee out in the Valley. And I was, I was, I, I brought my McLaren F1, which has three seats and you sit in the middle. And I saw these two gang looking guys with the teardrop tattoo and all that kind of crap. And I went, Oh, these guys are pretty, pretty creepy, you know? And, and then to yourself, one, you didn't say that to them. No, I didn't say that to them. Okay, obviously. And one of the guys says to me, Hey, did Peter Stevens design this? Now Peter Stevens is a, a English designer. Design, and I thought, Oh, well, this guy knows, you know, here I am. Okay. I'm profiling this guy. I'm not being fair. I'm assuming he's one thing. Okay, so I said, oh, yeah, I start talking about the car. I guys, you guys want to go for a ride? He goes, yeah, we'll go for a ride. I said, I get in the middle of the Now these two big gang guys are sitting on each side of me. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, this doesn't, maybe this wasn't the best thing to do. I <laughs> uh, go, go up Canaan, go up Canaan. Okay, so go up Canaan. He says, uh, let's go through, go through uh, Florida. Let's see what it does. So, you know those two tunnels? Yeah. Canaan. So I go through about doing about a buck twenty, buck thirty. So i 120 know. miles an hour yeah, through so, a tunnel. So, so as I fly through the tunnel, then I hear, <laughs> I, I, I see a cop. Oh, God, I'm going to stop. These guys probably have cocaine and meth <laughs> and fentanyl and everything else in their pockets, you know. So uh, I pull over, and the cop comes over and knocks on the door. And, and the door goes up. He goes, Life's registration. And the two guys go, oh, We're undercover police officers. It's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they there were wa- cops. Yeah, they wanted to cover cops. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a great story. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? I just want to say, I want to say. Caroline pers-
1: just sent a picture of her mom's car. Look, do you see that? How cool that is? That's her mom's car, Caroline. Yeah. I don't know what that is. What Chevy? Is that? A Chevy? What is that, Caroline? I can't see
2: it. It looks to be a. uh me
1: It looks cool. I don't know anything about cars. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 1954
3: Chevy. A 1954. Yeah. Yeah. Chevy yeah, it's
2: nothing. $6. Nothing to Jay. All
1: right, well, never mind. All, no, I like those. I, sh- I like all kinds
2: of cars. She's I trying tried to, to
1: do some kind of engine swap to it, so she has questions about that.
0: She has questions about it. Well, <laughs> she should watch his show and this engine swap. I, I tried to get Jay many years ago to talk my son out of buying uh, motorcycles, which you didn't. He has uh, he has f- f- five. Mo- f- motorcycle oh so, good for him good for him oh, yeah, yeah not good for us awesome
1: yeah thrill.
0: i try to burn them and crash. Uh, really? them. yeah I don't like them I don't like them you're
1: really. but you said to him if you get a motorcycle then I'm gonna get a motorcycle like that was your threat to him
0: yeah that's oh how scary
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> well you don't know how I you know how I drive that anyway <laughs> I can't thank you enough for coming
2: by oh you well, have always oh, the oh, bums rush right? isn't it wow no oh I'm sorry. I saw you looking at your oh no watch. No, no 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 I also got my watch no I know no 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 you no, I'm teasing Oh, well, I know it's great fun. Thanks it's been over an me. hour. Hasn't it been over an hour? We've been,
0: yeah. we've been friends for a long time. And so. I will continue. I would anytime, anything you ever need from me, I would be there for oh, you. Oh, well, I appreciate that, I, my friend. I, I love you. You've been supportive. And thank you for allowing me, this, this has been good for me, to get it off the chest and go, Well, yeah, there's but yeah, yeah, no but don't, better guy don't who's more that, deserving. But
2: don't you agree that people who make a lot of money in this business really have no right to complain? I think that you're absolutely right. That doesn't mean I, I, that I would be that way. No, right. You're a better person right, than but I, I am. I mean, I don't think the general public has any interest. You know, if, for example- You keep you, saying that, except they're making movies about well, your fight. H- here's an example. If you were to say to someone, oh, I've been working on this routine. This is the funniest routine ever. I've been working on it for six weeks. I'm going to do it tonight. And they go, oh, wasn't that funny for all that work. But if you see someone like Dean Martin, who didn't really drink, but uh, comes out and appears to be drunk, People love that, that, oh my God, he's funny without even, it looks like he's he's just walking through it. You know what I'm saying? So the idea is if it looks like work, it's work. If it looks like fun, it's fun. And if you go up there and you sort of, and you're angry and mad, I can remember, do you remember Skip Stevenson? Yeah. Skip Stevenson was a comic. He He passed away. He was
0: on uh, real people. Yeah.
2: And I remember, funny comedian. Okay. Not the best, but funny. But he got a divorce. And he would get up and go. Anyway, my goddamn wife, you know. And it was like Jesus. I mean, it really wasn't funny because the anger serious, in his, man, the anger in his. That's what I mean. You can't. You have to clear your head. You can't be angry. You know. You can't be upset because people don't. They really don't. But I wasn't see. talking about. Have, you, you. have you ever
1: had a conversation or seen either Conan or Letterman or anyone recently after all that oh, happened? Letterman
2: and I are fine. We don't have any problems. We, but I mean, <laughs> he, he's been very complimentary in articles and things in the last couple of years. And we've always been friends, always been a mutual admiration. Uh, Conan had some rough feelings. I don't I don't quite get it. I mean, I would think that I would have as much right to be angry as he does. I mean, nobody came to me and said this. I just, one day I got the word, Conan wants you out, you know. What's that all about? Well, he does, you know, and his managers and they're all blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, the fact that he didn't have lawyers that told him the title needs to start at 1130 always sort of made me laugh. That was, I mean, I had that in my contract, which I wrote myself. Right. It starts at 1130. So when they went to the 1205 thing, they, were, they had no legal recourse because it wasn't in paper. Was so I never got, I mean, I don't have any ill will towards him. I, I would like to see him and say, I would certainly be friendly to him, but I know he wouldn't talk to me because somehow this is. He, here's my thing. If something goes wrong it's my fault if you just accept blame for everything it's a little easier than well this guy did. but even know. for conan i'm
0: not knocking conan i'm just saying that this is what he was told he's told that you're going to i don't know that his he knows that you didn't want to retire you were forced to make these announcements i don't think that he was I don't well, think, it, I don't do you know, think he's aware that. that they called you and said, would you go back at 1130 and you said, call him first? Do you think he knows that?
2: Oh, I think he knows that.
0: Sure. You, you really do?
2: Well, I, I I assume he did. It was, it was been in the papers. I don't think he knows. Well,
0: I think Maybe. that it's been in the paper, but it has But
2: been I, I look, I think he's a funny guy and I think he's a decent guy. I don't have any ill will towards him, but it is what, you know what it is? It's show business. Okay. You know, if two two Heavyweights get in the ring, one is going to walk out and one's going to be on the canvas, okay? And that's the way it's just the nature of the business. So you need to, you're either friends or you're not, you know. Well, Howie's point uh, though,
3: I, when he I, says that he felt that you should have defended yourself, that's all show business,
2: yeah. Oh. Well, I, again, I shouldn't have to defend myself if I'm any good. Well, other, you didn't listen. Other people, you never have to defend yourself. I'm always here for you, buddy. I rest my case. No, I, and I know <laughs> what I'm saying is when you have friends like Howie, you let them speak for it, and that's <laughs> you no, know, but it's true. I don't mean that. I don't mean that sarcastically. Yeah. But I mean, to me, if I have to go, I didn't. Well, I didn't, okay. If if you have people like, it's like the end of a wonderful life. You know, all the friends show up.
0: But you want to know something? I know almost everything about you because I'm a, a fan and been a friend for years. I wanted you to come on. You've, you've done a service for me because I wanted to. Huh? I wanted to spew what I knew happened. So you've done me a service personally. But uh, it, you well, know, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I respect you. Why not? I love you, buddy and i'm always here for well, you and too. i can't are thank you, you ne- enough i you call ne- you you show up whatever you need i'm um, here you know yeah we are, and, we, and, we, and oh, congratulations on the you're doing your second season of on uh, you bet your life yeah, on you yeah. bet your life yeah. that's doing well you're on your like fifth season of seven season seventh yeah. season yeah. of jay's garage on yeah, cnbc yeah. yeah so watch that look at your local listings for you bet your life with yeah. uh your buddy there and the 15th season of Jay Lone's garage on youtube so that's Doing well. So. That's great. And I would love to be on the show. You yeah. don't have to have me because I don't know anything about cars. But well, if you- I mean, I think you...
2: it's funny having just someone who knows absolutely nothing about cars.
0: Nothing. But... Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I can't yeah. even, I'm not even good at identifying that new car smell. Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, nothing. I know, so I like-
1: to... Your grandson's name is Axel.
0: There you go. Yeah. That's, yeah. His, yeah. that's his name. Yeah. I know nothing about cars. I know yeah. nothing. But yeah. anyway, I know a good person. When I meet one, yeah. I met one. You got talent, you're good. Thank you so much for being here. Jay Leno, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, that
0: was great.